Hi, and welcome back to Behind the Switch. I'm Sika Gajanku. And I'm Anna Shiruto. It's been a while, hasn't it? It certainly has. For those of you who are just now joining us for the first time, this is the second series of a podcast collaboration between Synapse Energy Economics and Climable.org, which was formerly known as the Environment, Economics, and Society Institute, both of which are based out of Cambridge, Massachusetts. Last season, Spencer Fields and Liv Eschenbach-Smith explored why New England has such high energy prices and how current energy proposals might affect future energy prices. Series 1 of Behind the Switch can be found on climable.org or at soundcloud.com forward slash behind the switch. In Series 2, Sika and I are attempting to answer the question, what is renewable energy and why don't we have more of it? So what exactly makes a renewable energy renewable? What separates wind, hydro, and solar power from, say, coal and oil? Renewable energy is collected from sources that are naturally replenished and will never run out. Whereas non-renewable sources like coal, natural gas, are either too expensive or too environmentally damaging to retrieve. And they're actually also finite sources. Okay, so that makes sense to me. You have finite resources and non-finite resources. But what about alternative energy and traditional energy? I've heard clean energy and green energy. What are the differences between those? That's a great question. To talk about this more, we have Doug Hurley, a principal associate at Synapse Energy Economics. That, that's a that's a great question. I can understand why those different terms would be very confusing to someone who wasn't in the industry, like me, who spends all day, every day, thinking about all of those different terms and working primarily on behalf of clean energy, alternative energy, renewable energy. I think the easiest way is to start with what we used to have. And what we used to have almost entirely was nuclear units, coal units, oil units, and some natural gas units. Nuclear, oil, and coal powered most of the electric grid in the United States for decades. And that's what people are used to. That would be called traditional power plants or conventional power plants oftentimes. Renewable resources, I think if you tried to be very strict about that definition, it means that whatever fuel goes into that power plant is something that doesn't run out. And so you typically think wind and solar and hydroelectric for those. If you now want to talk clean energy, you may want to add into that nuclear. It depends on the individual person you're talking to because at the power plant itself, there are no emissions coming out of the stack. So some folks define that as clean. I struggle with that definition a little bit and I get a bit frustrated when the owners of those power plants uh, label themselves as clean energy because of course the process to get the uranium, mining the uranium out of ground and then going through all the um, the refining process and the tailing ponds that are left behind with um, a bunch of nasty chemicals in them. I struggle with that being called clean energy, but it is true that at the power plant itself, no emissions are coming out of the stack. And if you want to take a slightly broader approach to alternative energy, there are a number of other technologies around in the arena of storage, particularly whether it's a chemical battery or some few, um, some technologies use uh, a physical rotating mass to store electric energy off of the system and then put it back on when it's needed. But I didn't really hear anything about biomass. Right, and biomass is just basically trees, right? I think so. 
So is that a renewable resource? That's a fair question. Um, and why I didn't uh, include it was merely because I forgot to add it to the list. <laughs> Biomass energy has certainly been around as well for 100 years probably. Um, and you could even probably go further back than that to the original source of energy. Biomass is nothing more than you know burning wood or some wood byproduct. Uh, primarily, there are other types of biomass that are used um, to generate heat and through the heat electricity. So there are, yes, it's a, tr a tricky subject, as you mentioned, and part of the reason is because typically uh, the reason why we switched to coal as a source of heat at some point back in the Industrial Revolution is because you get a lot more heat out of a lump of coal than you do out of the same size lump of wood. So it's just easier to burn more completely um, a, a certain amount of coal than it is wood. So if you're burning biomass at a power plant in order to make electricity, you still get a whole certain amount of carbon dioxide emissions and other air emissions that are coming out of the stack. And so while some folks would consider that renewable, if you cut down a bunch of trees and then you burn them, other trees will grow in their place. And at some, at some extent, I would imagine that might be true, depending on how that logging practice is done and how much transportation is involved and, and the other pieces of it. But I can say that the studies that we've done to date indicate that, for example, biomass is typically carbon dioxide positive. You're not actually reducing the amount of carbon dioxide in the air by switching from, say, coal over to biomass. So from what we've heard so far, I think we can say that different sources of energy fall on a scale of clean to dirty, meaning some of the energies we use are more polluting than others. Let's get to the big question. Where does New England get its electricity from? So the electricity that comes into your house is most likely generated from power plants that are fired by natural gas. Of the 30,000 or so megawatts of power plants in New England, most of them by far are powered by natural gas. Although we also have, still remaining in New England, three nuclear power plants, mm -hmm. two small coal plants, and a few, more than, more than two or three, a few power plants that are fired, fired by oil. There has been a sharp decline in the amount of coal-powered uh, power plants that we have in New England over the past several years. And I would say the primary reason for that would be the fact that those coal plants are typically older, and so they reach the end of their useful life, and you have to put a lot of money into them to refurbish them, to make them new again. And at the same time that that's happening, the price of natural gas is much, much lower than it has been before. So the owners of those coal-powered power plants look at this big cost to refurbish their power plant to make it run for another 10 or 20 or 30 years, and they see that even if they'd spend that money, they probably won't operate the power plant very often because they're more expensive to run than natural gas is, so they don't see the point, and then they go ahead and retire those power plants. The policies in place in New England have definitely shifted towards the need for power plants that are newer and they can ramp up and down faster. One of the issues that we have with the older coal-fired power plants is that when they were built, they were designed to turn on and to just run around the clock for months on end until they needed to do some maintenance. 
And so then they would shut the plant down for several weeks, typically once a year, do a whole bunch of cleaning and other maintenance, and then they would fire the power plant up again. The key there is that it wasn't meant to turn on and off every day. The machine just wasn't designed to do that, so it doesn't do that very well. Things break a lot more often when they do that. And some of them take as much as 12 hours just to start up. So if you want them to run tomorrow, you have to tell them at least 12 hours in advance that they're going to run. So the policies have changed to say we now need power plants that can ramp up and down a lot more quickly. You can build a new coal-fired power plant that does that, but if you're going to build a new power plant, now you're faced with the economic decision if you're the owner of that power plant. Would I rather do that fired by coal or fired by natural gas? And clearly these days, the, you're much better off to run that with natural gas. In this episode, we land where New England gets most of its electricity from and how to differentiate from renewable energy sources and non-renewable ones. In the next episode, we discuss the barriers that are slowing the integration of more renewables onto the grid, starting with technological barriers. In the meantime, feel free to take a look at our two sponsors' websites, climable.org and synapse-energy.com. I'm Sika Gajanku. And I'm Anna Sharuda. Until next time, this is Behind the Switch.